Good evening, it is January 6, 2021, and this is my sixth podcast of 2021. So I want to open this podcast up with Psalms 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you desires of your heart. And um, yesterday, if you tuned into my uh, January 5th podcast, I was talking about how I believe the Lord brought my wife to me. And I truly believe that. I, I, I know that just by the way everything had happened and the way it took place. So the night that I was supposed to catch my plane, I was trying to find someone who could take me to the airport and uh, my good friend Julie, bless her heart. I believe she was working that evening, uh, late in the evening, and she said that she would take me to the airport and I believe, what was it Julie if you're out there, was it like three or four o'clock in the morning? And uh, you you were compelled to to reach out and help me that evening. Um, it, was, it was amazing. She, uh, I had her take me, I think it was a couple hours before my flight because it would have been way too early in the morning for her or anybody else to uh, to take me up there. And uh, yeah, if it wouldn't for Julie to make it work, I would have not caught that airplane. And uh, it, I'd never flown in my life. I was terrified of heights at the time. And uh, it was just, you know, this power that was over me that, that pushed me to to get on that plane and to go, you know, I, I was, you know, I, 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 I didn't even think back until after everything had happened that it was God's plan. And it's just amazing how everything was working together. I, uh, I'd made off copies of all the messages that I got from the mom's boyfriend and I had them in a manila envelope, so if I would have had any issues when I got the Phoenix with the police, I would have that evidence with me. So uh, I didn't have very much money on me. Uh, from the airport to the hotel, uh, they were like, yeah, you just take the bus to wherever you're going. There's a bus that's dropping you off, and it was like right by the road that I needed, and I had to walk. And... I got on the bus and I didn't carry much cash on me. I always had everything in my bank account. And the bus driver was like, no, we don't take cards. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, I'm from Oklahoma. I don't usually carry cash on me. I said, I met this girl on the internet and I'm meeting her today. And and. I just wasn't prepared. I just kind of left out the door and he kind of laughed and he was like, I got you, brother. And he let me on the bus without paying the fare and he took me where I needed to be. That's where things were happening for a reason. And it's just amazing how how people were so, so nice to me through the, that journey. 
and yeah it was really exciting really really exciting experience so me and my wife has been have been married about 12 years now and we have two children i uh her child in the beginning i claim as my own i have been raising her ever since she was just a little tiny baby i love her dearly and um i i always tell my wife you know everything happens for a reason and she had different beliefs than i did in the beginning and she has started to see that things happen in our life and i'm always constantly reminding her you know for instance you know i'll say something that something's gonna happen you know if we do this and this and this and then all of a sudden it happens it's like god has worked through me since i have been married i have been put in situations where people have been brought together and and um you know in my workplace and in my job it's just so hard to explain unless you have experienced it like <clears throat> i left the casino in the beginning after we got married and everything um there were some issues you know and uh you know i was getting in trouble for things that had happened months and months ago and and i just i just couldn't take it so i ended up quitting and i ended up getting a job with dish network uh, being a satellite engineer and i went to uh to school for uh sbca certification for satellite communications and i worked there for a while and they ended up wanting me to be a salesman more than a technician I'm constantly pushing to sell things and the people i was hooking up satellites for you know everybody had a, a story and and i just couldn't bring myself to push product on people and um they ended up letting me go because i wasn't making enough sales and then i went back home and went back to the casino as a uh, facilities technician and um had been there for many years I, I was always glory to God and he every, every day I went to work I was happy I was happy to be around the people I was working with and fabulous people I, I there was something special at my workplace during that year and I was so alive with you know trying to make people happy and and uh, trying to improve on quality of life and trying to figure out what everybody what what their goals were in life and everything and made some really good relationships there and I really miss my coworkers from there and <clears throat> within the first year I uh you know I, I always cared about everything that I'd done and I cared about people and I'd go around and check in with the managers and ask them if everything was going good and I had 
one coworker take notice to me of how I was caring and everything. And they wrote a letter saying how much they appreciate me. And they, I was nominated for employee of the month or employee of the quarter. And I ended up winning the employee of the quarter award which put me in the running for employee of the year. And, you know, I, I really wasn't going for that. And, you know, I just continued to be happy. I, I was really appreciative of people taking notice and, and I saw people taking, taking interest, you know, and, and doing work. Nobody was bickering, you know, everybody come to work and did what they were doing. And I was encouraging people and, Towards the end of the year, uh, I got invited to a dinner for all the employee of the quarters and everything, and I was picked as employee of the year, and um, it, it was it was fantastic. I mean, I felt so good, and and people were happy for me, and I felt other people deserved it more than I deserved it. But I, I really appreciate it. I, I really appreciate everybody that's out there that I used to work with if you're watching this video. I, I love you all so much. And I hope you guys continue with the spirit that we had every single day because what you do there is also affecting other people, not only for yourself, but also others. So continue to do your very best every day because it is so important for our humanity and our love and our lifetime goals you know like i said we've got less than 100 years to live be joyous you know take pride in what you do so my job was expanding they uh i'm so proud of my company for you know they're they were the little guy and now they're becoming big and and I love that I I, I, I feed off of that I, I love to see people accomplish things and see people learn and grow and I I, I was starting to struggle a little bit um, wage wise and of course my mom she was starting to get sick and she was getting frail and everything I was doing was for my wife. My wife was staying home, taking care of the kids, taking care of my mom while I worked. And I, out of the blue, you know, I, I started talking to an individual and uh, they were like, um, have you ever tried going into IT or slots? And of course, I, a slot position opened up and I applied for it. And I got the job as a slot tech one, and uh, it was right in time for the new build, the new building that was coming. And so I got to take part with a great team of people of building that floor and measuring and, and building uh, player tracking systems and stuff. And I, I really, I craved it. You know, I craved that technology because I love doing computers and electronic work and everything. And then a curveball came. 
uh, my mom started getting very sick and it got to a point where I need to be closer to home because everything was going downhill with my mom. She uh, ended up having a, a staph infection on her foot and it grew into a big old hole and she healed up and everything but then she started losing her feeling on the left side of her body and we got her into the hospital and everything and they did test her main doctor said well it's because she was laying in bed recovering it's muscle loss and whatnot but i didn't believe that so she got up out of bed one day and she fell into the wall i was i caught her i was there when when she was falling so we called an ambulance and the ambulance came and got her and they were doing tests and then they did an MRI and they had found a growth in on the left side of her brain. So her kidneys, you know, being diabetic, she was diabetic and she, uh, she her kidneys were not fit for radiation treatment or anything. So they, they said maybe we ought to do uh, surgery on your honor. So that was the only option or let it go. And my mom wanted to have the surgery. So we took her to the hospital in Tulsa and they did brain surgery on her to remove the mass. And they took the mass out, they did tests on it, and come to find out that it was small cell carcinoma. They found uh, spots in her lungs, and it went to her brain, and this tumor started growing. And they said, well, she could live six months, and or two or three years some people get healthy and re make a full recovery and live a nice life and i believed it so they took her to rehab she was in rehab and she started losing her speech again and couldn't move and so we took her back to the hospital and they said we're really there's nothing that they can do and i was listening to a radio uh, broadcast on KRMG they were talking about Omega houses and it was a place where it was end of life care it was non-profit organization but you had to be on a list a waiting list and uh, I called in to the radio station and I got put on the air I was telling them what was going on with my mom and my situation. And then after the broadcast, I talked to a lady from, uh, I think it was a, one of the hospice care. I think she was with hospice. And she said, I can put you on the list for Claire House in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And there was another one, but it, it was, the names and their beliefs is what made me ask for Claire House. And the very next day, she calls me back 
and she was like, I got a place for your mom. So it was pretty amazing, but someone also has to pass away before there is an opening. And I started thinking about that person and how grateful I was for God to take them and put my mom there. And uh, they took my mom at no cost. And uh, they had to pretty much say that my mom had less than 30 days to, to live at that point. So they brought my mom in to Clare House. It was a, it's a beautiful place. Check it out. Clare House in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Nonprofit organization. They, they go by donations. So if anybody's willing to give to some charity, Clare House is definitely a place to do it. So I bought my mom pretty much anything that she would like, even though she wasn't supposed to have it. Her favorite was McDoubles from McDonald's. It was just a McDouble with pickles, and that was it. And uh, so I would go up and see her after work every day, and we would go in, and, and she had this cat, Jiggy. She still has the cat. The cat is still here, and she's still alive. And this cat will not let you pick her up whatsoever but she graciously allowed my wife to pick her up and put her in a cat crate she had never been in a crate before she crawled in like she owned the place laid down and didn't give us no problems we were able to take her up and be with my mom because my mom hadn't seen her for almost a month while this was all going and uh got video of her and jiggy at the at the hospice care She's petting her, jiggy, jiggy, you know. And my mom couldn't really talk all that much. And, you know, she she got to where she wasn't communicating. And one of the doctors came in, and, and I felt like there's got to be something that we can do. So I asked the doctor, you know, I'm not no medical profession, but I asked the doctor, what if we gave her steroids what if we started her on steroids would that improve and he was like no not really there's really nothing we can do about it i was like but can we try it he was like yeah we can go ahead and, and try steroids so he got the prescription and they gave her a steroid that evening the next morning i get a call from claire house and they were in a panic. They were like, your mom is up in bed and, and, and she's talking and she's demanding things and she's being hateful. And I started laughing and I was like, oh my God, my mom is back. And so we went and to Claire House, we got up there as soon as we could to walk in. And my mom, and sorry, God, she was like, what the hell is this bullshit? And I just started laughing. I started crying. And I I was questioning her. I was like, you've been here for a long time. I said, do you remember anything? She says, no, 
I, I, I don't know where I'm at. She was like, everything is like a fog. Everything, there's, there's like a fog. Don't remember a whole lot of stuff. She said, I kept seeing images and, and, and lights and everything. And the way she was describing to me was she was in between heaven and earth, the way she was explaining stuff. So my mom, we, we talked and talked and talked, and I, I questioned her. You know, I told her what was going on. And of course, my mom had dementia also. And it, it seemed like she didn't have dementia. She was remembering stuff. And I guess the steroid had shrunk this tumor down so much and took so much pressure off her brain that she was able to function normally. So we uh, we started talking to Claire House about you know getting her out and taking her back to the hospital because I was excited. I I, I felt I was onto something, and I got her back to the hospital where they did the surgery and they did an MRI and. The MRI showed that the growth had come back, but it was much bigger than what it was before. Because they took it all out, but it came back with a vengeance in such a short time. The cancer doctor came in and the surgeon came in and they were like, there's really nothing that we can do about it. He was like, what your mom is experiencing now is a relief of pressure off her brain. He said in a couple days it's gonna just get bigger and and she's not gonna be able to function anymore. So we got her back into Claire House and Claire House was like, Well, we we really can't keep her much longer because it's been almost 30 days and they need they pretty much need to pass away within 30 days so they discharged her from Claire House and this is in the middle of I've just started with my new promotion at work and and I was just I was lost. I didn't know what to do. So I started looking for jobs close to home. And the job that was closest to home was a supervisor position. And I, I wanted to be a supervisor, but I also wanted this job that I was in now because it, it was my ultimate goal for what I wanted to do with my life here at this company. And it was a situation where you can't really have everything that you want because everything happens for a reason and you you have to go with what, what you have. So I applied for the supervisor position. I got called for an interview and 
I had to get another hospice care to come in to visit mom at home. So we're in the middle of trying to get her back home and everything. And the lady was like, well, I need you to sign these papers and whatnot. And it was exactly like, it was like 30 minutes before my interview for this new job. So she agreed to meet me at my job right after work and sign papers there at, at, at my job. So I come out, it's windy outside, she's next to my car, she rolls over, she's holding on to her papers, and I am signing documents on my car as fast as I can. Because I told her, I said, I have a job interview I gotta get to, because the gentleman I was interviewing with had come off of his normal scheduled time just to do this interview with me at night because you know I told him what was going on and uh, I'd finished those paper signings like within seven minutes and I had like 15 minutes to get to to my job interview which was uh, 12 miles away so I got my car I sped I'm a bad boy I sped and I got to my job interview, I interviewed, and a couple days later, I got offered the job. And I had failed to realize that I didn't tell my manager at the time what was going on and what I was doing. So I felt really bad. And I, I finally went in and told them, I, I, I was like, you, you know, of course they already got the call that I was changing positions. And I, you know, I was just straight out truthful with them. You know, I had issues with my mom. My mom is dying. I need to get be closer to home. And they understood and there was no hard feelings. So I, I got this new job. Uh, it was a promotion also, uh, a pay raise. It was enough to get me through what I had coming in my future with my mom. Everything happens for a reason. And I started my new job and probably two weeks into my job, I get a call from my wife saying that I think mom is gone. And I called my manager and he knew what was coming because I was prepared for it. And I told him, I said, I think I lost my mom and I need to go. And he was all great. He was like, you, you do what you need to do. And he let me go. This was at midnight. It was right at midnight when she passed away. So I'm rushing home. I get through a small town and I've got my, my flashers on because I am speeding to get home. And a cop pulls me over. So I pulled over and I'm frantic. And I was like, my mom just passed away. I said, I'm trying to get home to my mom. And he, he, he understood what was going on. He was asking where I was going and everything. And he went ahead and he let me go. And it was very nice of him to do that. I got home and my mom was gone. I took a lock of her hair. I 
I was not... I didn't cry. It was... It, it, it's hard to explain. I, I was happy for my mom because she was no longer in pain and no longer had to go through what she was going through. So I called our, our family mortuary that buried my father. And... Uh, they gave me a price and everything and the hospice lady was there with us late in the morning and she was like I'm not supposed to say yes or no or give you any suggestions I said but our hospice care gives a a discount for um, cremation and that was one of the things that me and my mom talked about while she was awake. She could not decide what she wanted. She said, oh, just bury me in the backyard with the dogs because we have our dogs buried in the backyard. And she didn't want no burial or anything. So that was the deciding factor when she said that, that, okay, yes, I'm gonna do this cremation. So, I didn't have enough money yet saved up for everything because I had taken over the bills, I'd taken over a car payment, I'd got my mom a car and co-signed for it. And I was paying on it, I'd taken over the payments on it. So <sighs> the guy come up to the house and I felt really bad. As I turned him, it was early in the morning. It was like one o'clock in the morning when he showed up. And I told him that I just could not pay what they were wanting for the cost of, of burial and everything. So he understood. He was okay with that. And he left. And the hospice lady got on the phone, called this guy in Tulsa. This guy in Tulsa came all the way down was able to pick my mom up and take and have her cremated. My brother, who I did not have contact with, I didn't have a phone number, I was not, nobody was able to get a hold of him. You know, I was doing video with my my other brother and my, my sister and I, my other sister in Washington. You know, I was there the whole, through the whole thing, giving them video chats with mom during the time that she was dying and everything. We were prepared for it. I was prepared, and I think Mom was prepared for it also. But everything happens for a reason. And, um, you know, we're not promised tomorrow. And um, I'm at peace with knowing that my mom is gone. I was stronger for my mom than I was for my dad. Um, because my mom was there through everything. She had she had got to see me get married and be able to have her grandchildren and be around them and be a part of their life for the time that she did. But we're all going there one day. And, and now I see material things in life were not they're useless 
because she is no longer here anymore and she has no use for it and what am I going to do with it? Today is my mom's 80th birthday. So happy heavenly birthday mom. I miss you and I love you. So in conclusion, Isaiah 58 verse 11, and the Lord will continuously guide you and satisfy your desires in scorched places and give strength to your bones and you will be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose water do not fail. The Lord continuously provides for me and my family because I keep my faith strong. I believe in him. I, I believe in the light. I believe everything is happening for a reason. I believe it is all him. Everything that happens is it works out the way in his plan. And as long as I don't lose faith in that, he guides me the right direction. And through losing my mom, my wife coming to me, my job providing me a place and being around good people and providing, you know, the finances. Money is not everything. I always say money is not everything. It's more of being happy. Um, that, you know, I, I made the decision of having to change jobs because, you know, my mom getting sick and I needed some extra money to take on what I was about to take on and God provided that to me um, I left the place that I love but like I said you can't have everything you may not like the way things happen but everything happens for a reason so God bless you tonight God bless your family God bless those that are struggling tonight and God bless the world right now People are in dark places tonight. You'll find the light. Keep your faith strong because tomorrow is another day. And you'll have another chance to make the right choices. God bless you and you have a great night.